are talking about when they uh, called out uh, Saul and how that God had uh, raised him up during this time. He was a king, but yet he did not know he was a king. And many times in our lives, we don't know who we are because uh, of what the situations and the things of life that we go through. Uh, we think that we are what people have put on us and not what God has said about us. Amen. And so God has to reach into us and extract out of us that that he created us and designed us to be in the beginning. And uh, so that we can know of a certainty what God has called us to be. Amen. Today I want to talk about and just take a little stroll if we can through uh, a, a a time at the airport. We have all had a wonderful experience at the airport where that we feel like uh, cattle that have been herded to one location to another, right? Uh, you have to be there two hours ahead of time so that they can take you through all of the checkpoints. And you must provide proof that you are who you say you are. You have to have ID. You have to, before you can get your uh, airline ticket printed out, you have to prove that you have, uh, you are who you say you are. And then they take your baggage. Because you see, today there is a lot of stolen identities. There is a lot of uh, lost identities, right? And we carry around that many times in our lives in baggage. We uh, have lost our identity and who we are. We uh, think, as I said, we think we are who uh, somebody has proclaimed to us that we are. And whenever we do that and we hear that, we lose the perspective of who God said that we are. And so we lose our identity. You know, uh, you, uh, as you grow, people know you by different things, right? Uh, first, you are known by your name, and then you get married, and you become somebody's spouse. And then you have children, and you are somebody's parent, and uh, so forth, and and we have different identities. But at the end of the day, uh, we, uh, some, a lot of people have not been raised in a home of good moral parents. They haven't been affirmed. They have not been spoken to in their lives. They have never been told that they are beautiful. They've never been told that they are smart. They've never been told that they can do anything that they set their mind to do. And so as a result of that, they are looking for who they are. Many are raised in single-parent homes. It doesn't mean that they don't have good parents, but it does make it a lot harder on that single parent. And they need extra support, and they need extra encouragement. And we are not, uh, when we are not affirmed, then we look for somebody to affirm us. And we seek it out, and many look for it through uh, sexual desires, through drugs, through relationships. The people will do whatever they need to do to be affirmed by a group or by people. And so you would think after uh, paying a price at an airline ticket that you could take with you whatever you wanted to take, right? I would think that, you know, the, the price of airline tickets that you ought to be able to take on your journey, just whatever you want to. But the fact of it is that extra baggage costs more. Anybody traveled lately? Your first bag has to be under 50 pounds. Now, that's a challenge for ladies, right? But that first bag has to be a, a less than 50 pounds. Your second bag is going to cost you more. 
Amen. We, I run into this when we went to uh, Ghana back in the fall. We, we took books. We purchased some books for the pastors and leaders and, and to give out and to give them, to equip them and to help them. And the books, uh, we got them for a special rate for missions, but the books cost us $200. But whenever I got to the airport, it cost me us $400 to send the books. They said, you've got extra baggage. And not only is it extra, but it weighs too much. And so we're going to charge you extra. You see, you, you can choose to carry extra baggage with you through life, but it's going to cost you more. It's going to weigh you down. And you must ask yourself if the price that you're paying is worth carrying all of the extra baggage through life. Uh, we, we choose to carry a lot of baggage with us through life. As I said on the first Sunday, some of it that, that has been put upon us and others of it we have chosen to carry. But in Proverbs 18 and 14, it said, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can, uh, who can bear it? Amen? The wounded spirit, who can bear it? You see, a lot of times in our baggage that we carry around, we carry a lot of hurt with us. And we never deal with it. The writer here tells us that you can make it through sickness, your infirmity. He said, the spirit of a man is able to carry you through uh, infirmity when your body becomes sick. You, it may be hard, it may be difficult, but you can handle it, right? But he said, a wounded spirit he said there is no, there, there, that that is going to bring an end to you. It will kill you. Amen. If you have not been hurt uh, at some point in your life, either you have not lived long enough or you're from a different planet than me. Right? Because everybody has hurt in their life. It comes from those who are closest to you, people that you know. It is those ones that you trust. And many times it is in the heat of the moment of, of, that words are spoken and things are done. And the problem is, is when we think or speak without thinking, then we have to pay the consequences for what has been said. I was preaching at a church one time and it had a plaque there that I remember uh, very clearly. I was just a young kid preacher, but it remained with me because it said, unkind words are like the first winter frost. No matter how bright the sun comes out later, the damage is already done. When you speak those words, you see, we have to speak them carefully. We have to begin to look at that and, and think about what we are saying before we say it. Because, you see, we have all been hurt. We have hurt others. No matter how you may try to avoid it, it will happen. The question is not, will you be hurt? The question is, how will you handle hurt when it comes to your life? Because, you see, uh, we, we will sometimes choose to bury it in that baggage of life and carry it with us the rest of our life. Or we can choose to check it in and give it to God and say, God, I'm going to give you this hurt. I'm going to give you this pain because he said you can come over physical illnesses. But if your heart is broken, if your heart is hurting, he said a wounded spirit, there is, you, you, you're going to have trouble in your life. 
I want to tell you today, you show me somebody that has a, a spirit that is strong. You show me somebody in, that has a spirit that says yes, and I'll show you somebody that can overcome anything. But you show me somebody that has a broken spirit, a hurting spirit, and I'll show you somebody that'll give up at the sight of disappointment or trouble. Why? Because it is in your spirit, it is in your heart that begins to determine the outcome of your life. And we have to choose. We have to make a choice that says, hey, these words have been hurtful. These deeds have been done. But I choose to give it to God so that I can get on with my life. Amen. The other thing that we carry many times in our baggage is the fear. The spirit of fear. 1 John 4 and 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Amen. The baggage of fear is something that is very heavy. It is a spirit that is very real. And if not dealt with, it will paralyze you. I have experienced fear, the spirit of fear myself. When the overwhelming heaviness comes that makes you feel as though there is no way out, makes you feel that there is no hope, makes you feel that it's never going to get better, and it torments your mind, it causes you to lose sleep at night, fear that you're going to get sick, fear that you're going to lose your job, fear that you're going to lose your family, fear of death. Fear will kill your dreams. It will stop you from ever dreaming again. You will, when fear comes upon you and you accept that fear in your life, it'll stop you from dreaming and you will never rise up and believe that God can do what he said that he would do in your life. Amen. And we have to come against that spirit of fear because Jesus said that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. He speaks to us and tells us that fear has torment. Amen. And when it starts working in our life, fear will paralyze your faith. You can't have fear and faith operating at the same time. You have to choose whether I'm going to have faith and believe God or am I going to allow fear to paralyze me? Because you see, the fear is the enemy of faith. And so your thoughts turn to bad things when fear comes upon you. Your thoughts come to what is wrong and not what is right. Your fear will cause you to make you think the worst of every situation, right? But I want to tell you, when faith comes alive in your life, it will destroy the spirit of fear that comes upon you. Amen. And I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about because I have sensed that in the midst of uh, trouble. I've sensed that in the midnight hours of my life. But I know that whenever the spirit of faith rises up, it counteracts and destroys that spirit of fear that comes upon you. And you see a different picture. You see a different perspective. You have a different mindset. And you know that God is able to really do exceedingly abundantly above all that you're able to 
you'll ask or even think that you know that God is going, he's going to watch over his word and he is going to bring it to pass. And so you don't worry about the circumstances. You don't worry about what is going on today. You say, fear, I rebuke you. And I call the spirit of faith into my life. And when God begins to release that faith in you, you don't worry about what is wrong. You focus upon what he has spoken to you and know that it will come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The fact that God put in there a sound mind tells me that fear can drive you to an unsound mind. And whenever you have the spirit of fear upon you, you make bad decisions and bad choices. And we said Sunday morning as well as Wednesday night that it isn't about uh, good uh, thoughts that are going to get you there. It's the path that you choose that's going to get you where you're going to go. You see, not only is the spirit of fear carried around with us, but there is a lot of unclaimed baggage at the airport. In every airport, there is an area that is set aside for unclaimed baggage. All of us have blind spots. And what I mean by that is that we all have areas or baggage that is so obvious to others that we look at them and wonder, why don't you do something about that right there? Huh? Why don't, why don't you do something about that right there? But we ourselves can't see it. We can't even, we don't, aren't even aware that it is there. And so we don't have, feel any need to fix it because we're not aware that it is there. You can't allow anyone and everyone to speak into your life, but you ought to have somebody close enough to you to say, look, there's a blind spot. I know you can't see it, but you need to get this fixed. Are you hearing me? You need to have somebody in your life close enough to tell you the truth. I don't let everybody speak into my life. I don't get on the internet and, and dial in and say, you know, what do you think about this? Because everybody, you know, that you start that mess, you ask 10 people and they're going to have 10 different things to tell you. And you'll, you'll be crazy at the end of the day. But you ought to have somebody close enough in your life that you trust that you'll say, hey, there is an area of your life that is a blind spot and you need to, to work on this thing, Right? Someone can tell you, but you cannot see it yourself. A blind spot. Then there's denial. And that's where you know that there is an issue, but you think if you deny it, it'll go away. Right? Uh, Renee and I have an, a nephew, and uh, he, when he was little, now he's got a little age on him now, but he, when he was little, he... Uh, his parents, uh, he came into the room and, and his parents smelt something and, and uh, he had pooped himself. Now, he is big enough not to be doing this by now, but he did. And whenever they asked him, said, what, what's going on with this? How come you did that? He said, I didn't do it. <laughs> you can deny it, but the stink's still there. Are you with me? 
You see, many times we don't want to claim our baggage, say it's not mine, because it stinks. Come on, somebody. One of my heroes in the Bible is David, not because he always did things right, but because he gave me hope. Because even when he, uh, there was a couple of things that I love about him. Number one, he was a worshiper. Amen. And not one, no one could out-worship David. He, he loved God. He would worship God at a drop of a hat, and he would drop the hat sometimes. He would create ways to worship God. When Even when nobody was there to impress, he would still bless the Lord and, and glorify the name of Jesus, right? And, and then the second thing that I like about him is that, that he messed up sometimes. Not that I celebrate his messing up, but the fact that he was willing to put it in there so that I would know that I could relate to him. Right? Because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have had mistakes and failures in our life. But I, what I like about David, even though that he, didn't, he wasn't the perfect man, he was, there was nobody that could beat him to repenting. When he found out that there was an issue in his life, then he was quick to repent and say, God, forgive me for this thing. So that he could get back on the right track. Right? But there was one time in his life when he had denial working, and that's in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and and, uh, verse 1. It said, so the Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, to tell David this story. There was two men in a certain town, and one was rich and the other was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle, and the poor man owned nothing but one little lamb that he had bought. He had raised the little lamb, and it grew up with the children. And it ate from, uh, from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. And he cuddled it uh, in his arms like a little baby daughter. And one day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. But instead of killing the animal from his own flock and herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. And David was furious and said, as the Lord lives, he vows any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he had stolen for having no pity. And then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is when David takes the wife of Uriah and and we see this story unfolding. David, you had everything in the, in the uh, kingdom. You have, have it all, and yet you choose to do such a thing. And he said, David, you are the man. We see that David repented and said, Create in me a pure heart and a right spirit, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But he said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Amen. In other words, he, he knew that it was going on, and but he didn't. He was in denial. He didn't want to accept it. But the fact that he had lost the joy of his salvation tells me that he knew that this was wrong, right? But when he cried out to God, when he faced the issues of his life, he would cry out to God in repentance. And that very moment, he said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. I tell you that God was faithful to do it. Amen. 
Amen. And today I want to tell you that God is faithful to us. That we will not be in denial, but we'll own up to the baggage of our life and say, God, I repent of this thing. I want you to start anew and afresh in my life. He will do just that for us. Praise God. He will take our sorrow and turn it to joy. He will take our mourning and turn it to dancing. Why? Because he loves us and he wants us to have a victorious life in Jesus Christ. Amen. Nathan said, you're the man, David. You're the one that's taken this one sheep. When we are in denial, we are quick and ready to pass judgment to others and say it's their baggage. But we need to look in the mirror of God's word and check the unclaimed baggage in the unclaimed areas of our life. Many times, especially in this society, we are not measuring up to the word of God. We want to measure up to what the the culture. We want to measure up to what people are saying. We want to measure up to what other people are doing. But I want to tell you today, that's not our measuring stick. The Bible said that God's word is a mirror. It's a reflection of God's word. We can look into that mirror. And whenever I look into that mirror, I see that that there are some areas of my life that I still need to work on. There's some areas of my life that still need for me to clean up and to clean out and to work on. Praise God. And so when we, we, we deny that baggage, God can't do nothing with it. But whenever we say, yes, God, there are these areas of my life and I need your help. I need your grace. I need your assistance. It is then that the Holy Spirit will come and he will begin to work in our life in a wonderful way. And he will begin to clean out that baggage of our life and he will extract it so that we can be more like Jesus Christ. Amen. But when we deny it, we say, it's not my fault. If I'd have had a dad that loved me, it's not my fault. If I had a mom that spent more time with me, if I wouldn't have been treated, if I'd have been treated better by my spouse, it's not my fault that I did wrong. You know, I'm not in control of this. Everyone is against me. But listen. If we have a process that continues to repeat itself in our life, we need to check our baggage. If you can't keep a job, if you've been married 10 times, you need to look back over your life if you don't have any lifelong friends and see that maybe it wasn't everybody else that caused the problem. Maybe it wasn't everybody else But maybe, just maybe, it was me that had unclaimed baggage that I wasn't willing to deal with. Maybe it was me that that I, I have to become responsible for those things in my life. David claimed responsibility for his baggage and he cried out to God, Restore your your joy in my life. And God did just that for him. When we go through the airport, there's security check. This is the person that everybody loves. They have that little wand, that detector, and they're not looking for obvious things. They're looking for and checking for hidden things. Before you can get on the plane, you got to go through the security check. This is a place that 
where they make you take off your shoes, take off your belt. I hope your britches aren't too big. They're looking for any unauthorized things. Amen. You're not allowed to take anything beyond this point that knowingly or unknowingly can bring harm to you or yourself or others. You can't take no explosives. I can understand that. You can't take any guns. I can appreciate that. No knives, no flammable liquids. But then they take some stuff that makes no sense to me. It makes me say, how can you hurt anybody with that? I mean, if you have more than six ounces of perfume, I'm thinking some people need it. Right? It won't hurt nothing for it to smell better. But yet they take it. Why? I don't know, but somebody's got a mind that says I can use this to bring an explosive. I can use this in some destructive way. My mind, I can't comprehend it, but I want you to know that they understand the specifics. They understand if you take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and put it all together that it can bring damage. It can bring harm to somebody. Amen. And so it is there that they extract everything, even the hidden things, right? You can have it hidden underneath your garments or in a sack or in a bag. But whenever they get finished going through the process, they extract from you even the hidden things. And the Holy Spirit is our security checkpoint. Amen. He's checking our lives according to God's word. He doesn't check us out according to what people have been taught. He doesn't check us out according to culture. He doesn't check us out to what we think is right. But the Holy Spirit uses God's word and he says, these are not good for you. This is not good for others. This can bring harm to you. Amen. And what I want you to understand is that the Holy Spirit is so wonderful in our life that he doesn't deal with the things that you want to talk about all the time. He is looking for those things that are underneath the surface. He is looking for those things that you and I don't want to talk about. And he says, I want to talk to you about this thing that is hidden. I want to talk to you about what you've got over here. And I know you don't think anybody knows anything about it, but it's working in your life and it's in the darkness of your life. And I want to extract it so that it does not bring harm to you. And it does not destroy others. Amen. He wants, if you want to take the trip before you can get the ticket that you've already paid for, you have to leave your baggage behind. I had some hair gel. They said, you can uh, go through all this rigmarole or you can leave it here. I said, enjoy it. How is that going to hurt anybody? I don't know. But they figured out that it could. But you see, the Holy Spirit checks our life and says, if you want to go past this point, then you must give up those explosive thoughts. You have to give up those attitudes. You have to give up those things that have the potential of not only exploding and killing you, but killing everyone around you. Now, you can keep them if you want to, but you're not going to go past this point if you do. God wants us today to go further. He wants us to know him in a greater dimension, in a greater level. But the Holy Spirit says as badly as Father God wants it, I'm the security point. And unless you're willing to give these things up, 
then you cannot go beyond this point. You see, he's wanting us today to give up the things that can bring harm to ourselves as well as the harm to others. He says, give me that knife you've been carrying around. It's dangerous to you. Those words that cut other people down. It's time to give it up so you can go on. Those thoughts that destroy not only your spirit, but destroy your future. Give them to me so you can go on from here. You see, he says... I know that you think that those liquids are fine. I know that you think that those things cannot bring damage or harm to anyone. But the Holy Spirit knows that in the heat of life, if you get too close to the heat, it's going to explode inside of you. And not only will it destroy your future, but it has the potential of destroying those that are around you. And he's saying, give up the baggage. Give it up. Lay it down so you can go into your God-given future and potential today. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Father God, for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for your loving Holy Spirit that comes to speak into our lives not to harm us but to bring us a bright future to bring about a perfect end you told jeremiah i've got plans for you god i pray today as we walk through this life and we hear your word today god that we will determine that we will not allow the baggage to hinder us from going beyond this point but god whatever it takes for you to fulfill your purpose and your destiny Even so, let it be. Help us today, God, that we can look at those things that have brought fear, the things that have hurt, the things that are disappointing, the things that we are in denial of. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would search our hearts today and see if there is any wicked way in us. God, that you would speak to us today, that we can come in right relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As they play today, if there's areas of your life that the Holy Spirit has revealed, some things in your life today that you say, Pastor, there's some baggage, there's some issues. I thank God for the good Holy Spirit that will guide us, that will direct us, that will minister to us not in a condemning way but in a loving way it says I want you to be better I want you to go beyond this point and allows us to be touched by his grace and his strength to overcome those circumstances in our life so if the Holy Spirit's here today touching your heart This is not a condemning time. This isn't a session where we say, I wonder what they're doing or what's wrong with them. It's not anyone else's business. This is between you and God today. Baggage sometimes is not even necessarily sin. But it is things that God says you're going to have to deal with to go beyond. Yes, you'll go to heaven, but 
I'm already on my way to heaven. I want to go forward today in my relationship with him in the earth. So if he's touching your heart today, ministering to you today, if this is relevant to you this morning, we've got plenty of time. I want to give you opportunity today to just bring it and lay it down at this altar this morning. And let the God of glory minister in your life today. As they play, won't you come this morning? Yeah. 